Okay, I'm back briefly. Oh, what a fun-filled afternoon. I'm tired. And my ear is ringing, so someone's either talking good shit or bad shit. Or I'm probably going deaf. Either way, you know, it's good to reconnect with old friends. I reconnected with an old friend from college, another one. Oh my god, we had some crazy-ass times. Um, You know... I'm so glad social media was not big in 2006 because we did a lot of crazy stuff. I remember we had a like a hookah. We went to a party and they had like a hookah and they were putting not just hookah in it. And I was doing a Truman Capote impression. I was at Marilyn's apartment the other day and she had four matices on the wall. Two were upside down. And they were just losing it. Oh my god, he sounds like him. They were stoned out of their minds. And all I remember is falling asleep on the floor, laughing hysterically, and waking up. And my friend's like, we gotta go. And we were taking someone home. I don't remember who. (laughs) She had, like, Nirvana playing. And it was a song where Kurt Cobain's just screaming. And I'm laughing hysterically. And those are fun times. And then I have to get up in the morning, go to work. You know, and then my friend comes to work and gets me in trouble with the boss. But, you know, the boss was uh, always in a bad mood. You know, I don't miss those days, but I do miss the fun that I had. You know, and I had the fun while I had it. And, you know, we worked hard and we partied hard. I mean, you know, you get an A or a B or you earn an A and a B and you party, you know. We go to a Tool concert. I saw them recently last year, and that was amazing. Better than the first time, of course. But, you know, it's not like Sade. It's never as good as the first time. You know, and back to the whole squirrel analogy. In high school, I had this weird history teacher. And she would send us outside if we were being a squirrely. So... You know, she was weird. She she obviously liked drama, and uh, I don't know. I don't like drama. I mean, yeah, you can watch it on TV and be bombarded with it, but you know, it is what it is. I've had to cut a lot of drama out of my life and just relax. Don't do it. One time I was singing that, my nephew started laughing. <laughs> what you talking about? And I'd be like, oh, I don't want to sing the rest of that song to you. You know? The 80s, I was a really little kid. Really, that doesn't make sense. I was a little kid in the 80s. So about 30 years ago, I can remember the first time I heard George Michael when he did Faith. And then Father Figure was like all over the radio in 1988. The bus driver would play it, you know. Those were the days, you know, you would hear those songs. Uh, I was not a big Michael Jackson fan. I would, See, I didn't get into Prince until I was a teenager. First time I heard Prince was The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. I liked it. And then I remember in high school, we had an art teacher who was okay, I guess. And he would always leave the radio on. And so they would play like the... the uh, you know, 80s lunch. 
And so they would play, you know, Prince songs like, uh, you know, When Doves Cry and Purple Rain and Ra- Raspberry Beret is just such a song. And then when I got into college, I met people who knew the other Prince songs like, um, you know, uh, Pop Life, which is such a... I remember when he died. I was just so stunned. I couldn't believe it. We had already lost David Bowie. I was a big David Bowie fan. I was also a big Prince fan. And it was my dad's birthday, and I went to get him scratch-offs. And then people start messaging me. I'm pumping gas. Prince is dead. And I went, no, it's no, he's not. And I remember just thinking, well, I said, you know, let's wait to have it confirmed. I doubt it's true. You know, and I'm driving home thinking, and I'm saying out loud, Prince, don't die. Come on. You know, uh, it ain't the sign of the times. Hello. And uh, I get home and CNN confirmed it. Wolf Blitzer. I don't think Wolf Blitzer is a Prince fan, but I could be wrong. You know, you got the look. (sighs) Such icons, you know. My friend that was on her bucket list to see him live. You know, when he put on a show, he put on a show. When Prince wanted you to know something, you knew about it. I've never listened to anyone who eats, breathes, sacrifices for the music. He died making music. He, you know, was not about love. Well, he was about love, but he wasn't about, oh, this girl's on my arm, you know. He wasn't about that. He was about his music. Tattoo, you know, he put slave on his face. He wanted those master recordings. I don't think people realize the... You know, value of master recordings. I knew about those because I remember Ray Charles would talk about them. In the 60s, he wanted those master recordings. And then Tupac, I remember when Tupac died. Supposedly, I don't really think he's dead, but that's just me. And his mom, Fanny Shakur, rest in peace, wanted his master recordings. And Death Row would not give them to her. And I think she fought to get them. Because those master recordings, basically, you own your work. If the record company owns them, you're not a free agent. You can you can think that you're free to do what you want artistically, but you're not. And that's what Prince was doing. Warner Brothers basically made his name, which his mother gave him, a commodity. He didn't want that. So he was like, I'm going to be the artist or the symbol, you know. And then he went back to Prince, you know, because things got better so <laughs> veering off topic here from animals to prints but you know the dead what's interesting is I'm I have Native American in me I think a lot of Hispanics do and we believe you know <coughs> when someone dies they come back as an animal and my grandfather we think he's this owl that flies around our property so whenever we see that white owl you know we think of him and I don't know. Who knows what Prince is coming back as? I can't even fathom that. It's something colorful. It's something we've never seen before. You know, I was in awe of him. He was so cool. He was not just trying to be cool. 
he was cool. He knew who he was early on. He knew what he wanted. He knew what he didn't want. And, you know, if there was a struggle within him, it was probably because, you know, he was getting on in years and physically what he used to do, he just couldn't do anymore. And that's the sad thing, you know, and he was he was such a talented figure. So, yeah, I don't want to get all solemn here. You know, I listen to podcasts like What the Fuck, WTF with Mark Maron. Talk about someone who I think is a genius and is finally getting his dues. He doesn't need to be on Saturday Night Live. I always wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. It's just not going to happen, you know. And then you have something like Chappelle Show, which basically made Saturday Night Live look like an after school special, you know. Uh, Charlie Murphy, that's all you have to say to people. Charlie Murphy, and they know what you're talking about. Or Paul Mooney, you know. Uh, I love when he did uh, Bobby and Whitney. And they're like, he's like, don't ask me about drugs. Ask Bobby and Whitney. So I'll leave, I'll leave you with that. That's Squirrely, Whitney Houston. In fact, her mom was called Squirrely by Elvis. Hey, what's up, Whitney? Can you just imagine that? that meeting in heaven hey Whitney what's up oh my god it's a king I haven't seen you since I was this high so have a good evening and I'll probably be back insomnia mode good night